everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. In Christ Jesus concerning you. So we do, don't we? We give thanks. We give thanks. But sometimes we don't. And the clapping stops. <laughs> we don't give thanks. So I'm going to talk about giving thanks. Let me just give you a couple things first of all. Thank you. You're welcome. No, I just want to put them out here on May 4th. We're doing a Dare to Dream seminar. This is, this is what I live for. I live to help people dream and to walk into their destiny. Karen and I, our, our desire, in fact, our mission is to raise up and release young adults into their God-appointed destiny. That's what we plan on doing for the next at least 27 years. I'll be 95 at that time, and I'm going to retire when I'm 95. See, they laugh, honey. You'll be 90. You'll be 90. Might as well... Say it. Get over it. And uh, I wrote a book to help you dare to dream because most people die with the music still inside of them, and that makes us very sad. So we want people to walk into their God-appointed destiny. We want to find out what's inside of you. As a leader, I'm not trying to have you follow me. I'm trying to find out. We're trying to find out what's inside of you and then release you to go for it. It's a difference between empowered leadership and empowering leadership. We want to empower you to walk into your God-appointed destiny. So I'm just going to put them up here. If you want to come to the seminar, just take a, take a book. It's free. Man, the picture on the back is worth the book. You don't have to read it before you come. But it would help. Yeah. Yeah. 
and and I'm going to pass something out that I passed out about three weeks ago, I believe, a winnable war and a war worth winning. It's about overcoming the lust of the flesh. And uh, I ran off a bunch more because there's a lot more people. There's a lot of human beings here tonight. If, if you can't see me, I can't see you. If you're around the corner, there are places up here, and we'd welcome you to come up. Are, are there any seats, any vacant seats anywhere? There's one there, a couple there. So why don't you guys that are way in the back, if you want to, you're welcome to just start moving this way. If, uh, if you want to take one of these and give it to a friend... Well, uh, Kat, if you could put that on the website again, so we'll put that out. You can court you guys. I mean, you get more radical. You're getting bolder all the time. I was just over there last week again, so I just want you to know that. I, we spoke on love and marriage. We sure did. That was fun. Okay. Uh, speaking of, I missed it when Jim Anderson was here, but he spoke about uh, protocol for, for uh, people that begin to have an interest in one another. And how do you discover that? Because sometimes it's just difficult. The guy's wondering, I wonder if she likes me. And the girls are wondering the same. I wonder if he likes me. And there's a way to do that, to take the pressure off. You can find out from others. We're so excited these days about the relationships that are growing amongst us. We think that's wonderful. We think marriage is a great idea. And the way to get there is to start in a relationship and then keep it going. The reason why we encourage two things, meeting with us if you start a relationship, is that we've done it wrong. And most of us have stories to share. Not us. Okay. We more, yes. As the people of God, as the world, we have stories of, of brokenness. And so we would like to help you do it right. And so we've had a lot of couples lately coming and saying, we want to do it right. So I give them a couple things to read, and we talk together about them. We ask them what their values are and how they're going to walk into it. And uh, you got spiritual, psychological, physical. How are those going to... How are those going to come together in this relationship? How are you going to express your love in a physical way? How are you going to express it psychologically? How are you going to get to know this person? How are you going to express it spiritually? So we want to help couples walk into that. And sometimes it's very difficult for guys to take that step. There's, there's fear. There's passivity. And so last week I helped a guy that, that – it was obvious to some of us. There was a girl that he liked, and uh, I said, you better make your move. She's going to get discouraged. 
getting personal here. And so we just, the three of us got together and we talked. And that was a happy night for, for uh, two people. So it brought them together in a way that was safe and that uh, started them on what I believe is a, is a really wonderful relationship. It's not a course, no, no. But we do want to go with you on any dates that you have. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the, the protocol that Jim said they had in their congregation that we recommend here, it takes the pressure off the girl guessing and you wondering how you're going to find out if she likes you. And then if you find out she doesn't, what does that do to the relationship? It kind of creates a little awkwardness. So if you come to Karen or me or to, to one of the LT, one of the leaders, people up front or uh, part of our, our leadership team here, and just say, you know, I'm interested in, in so-and-so. Could, could you help me here? And either they could go to this person or we could, and, and ways of, of doing it in a way that are honoring and won't create tension. So you don't have to do it that way, but we think it would be a, a good way. Last week I spoke on gratitude. And I said that I wasn't going to speak this week if there were testimonies. Because there are so many new people, I'm going to give a little short talk, maybe probably 10 minutes at the most 15. But I do want to hear lots of testimonies. So if you guys could help me pass these out. We have about 80, so we're going to be sharing together. Okay, while, there are, while those are being passed out, I want to pray with you. <clears throat> Father, we believe you to touch us and transform us. Not to touch us and entertain us, but to touch us and change us. We want to grow in gratitude. We want to have a grateful heart. We want to be in a marriage where there's gratitude. We want to be in a family where gratitude is freely expressed. We want to be in a church where people are light and have fun and and are thankful for one another. And we'd like to raise the level of any school or any company that we're a part of by having an outrageous life of gratitude. And I pray that you would touch hearts tonight. Holy Spirit, would you go deep into our hearts, deep into me as I share, and deep into us as we hear testimonies? Pray that you would change us. Just just pray. Just pray a little bit now. Pray for breakthrough. Pray for breakthrough. There needs to be breakthrough here. One of the breakthrough. Please, God, do your work. We're not here because we had a free night and just wanted to spend a little time. We're here to encounter the living God, to be encountered by the Holy Spirit, to be changed, to be dramatically changed, to be lifted above our circumstances, to be lifted above our weaknesses and our problems, 
to be lifted up to see the living one and to be changed. No one can see Jesus and not be changed. So let it happen tonight, Lord Jesus. Let it happen in our midst. Let it happen. Come. Come, Holy Spirit. Move in our midst now. Just go again. Uh, put your hand if you uh, on the person next to you. Go ahead. We just really want God to move in our midst, to have his way. Have your way, oh God. Have your way. We press in. We press in. We're not settling for less. We're pressing in. We want more, not less. We want more of you, more of your riches, more of your love. Lord, heal people even through the meeting tonight, through the message. Heal people. Heal them in their heart. Heal them in their bodies. Touch people. Give them a new desire. Those that have been passive, those that have been resistant to you, we pray for breakthroughs in the spirit tonight. New ways of living, new ways of understanding you, new ways of following you. We pray for freedom where there's been oppression or fear. We pray that you would move in on us in a new way and change lives, we pray. In Jesus' name. Okay, if you have access to that, just look along with me now. Gratitude. So you know you have a grateful heart if. A couple of you, just finish the sentence. You know you have a grateful heart if. Okay, you appreciate the little things. It's wonderful to appreciate the little things. Thank you. You know you have a grateful heart if. Ooh. Ooh. Wouldn't you want to be around that person that doesn't just criticize things, but that compliments, that encourages Anybody overdosing on encouragement these days and you need a little more criticism in your life to take you down a little bit? Okay. You know you have a grateful heart. Think about it. Think about it. You know you have a grateful heart if. You're thankful for the calling that you have without being jealous of someone else's. My. little bit of comparison sometimes in the body of Christ, isn't there? A little bit of looking to what someone else has, some of the gifts that, you know, Jesus, he said there were five talent people and two talent people and one talent people. How does that make you feel? It ain't a democracy. It's a theocracy. And in a theocracy, the theo gets the one vote. You just lost your vote. So you don't decide. You don't even decide what you're going to do. It's an assignment. God gives you an assignment. We don't volunteer for the kingdom of God. We're conscripted. And he calls us to action. And we say, thank you, God, for the way you've made me and the call you've given to me. Good one. A couple more. You know you have a grateful heart if... You're quick to forgive. Polly, how does that relate to gratitude? I think it has a lot to do with, with gratitude. If you're forgiving, my. A grateful person is a, is a humble person. I'm going to say that a, a little bit later. 
And it takes real humility to forgive when somebody's really hurt you. And if you can, if you can forgive people, if you can forgive your parents, if you can forgive siblings, if you can give people who, who really wounded you, you're on the way. That's wonderful. People who are ungrateful. I'm just going to touch a few of these things now as we go through. You can follow along with me if you want. People who are ungrateful make excuses for why they are not in a better place. If you have a problem with gratitude, you probably have a problem with blame because it ain't your fault, right? It's not your fault. The situation you're in is not your fault. You're a victim of circumstances. It's somebody else's fault. And so why give thanks? Because, man, it's tough in the situation you're in. And it may be the parents that you're going to blame. Or it may be somebody who let you down. It may be a teacher who caused you to flunk out of college or a coach that was mean to you. And so it's good you've got somebody to blame. Otherwise, you'd have to really look hard at yourself. And take a look. If you have a, a problem with gratitude, you're paralyzed. You're not moving. It's a sad place to be in. Jump to people who are grateful have chosen as an act of the will to be thankful regardless. Those people are not caught by their circumstances. Somehow they manage to live with struggles and, and they seem to overcome them. And even in the midst of hard things, they can be grateful. Is that you? Is that you that you can, you can say, thank you, God, right in the midst of them? I see some heads bobbing. I'm really thankful that you can do that, that in the midst of the struggle, that struggles don't shut you down. My, that's wonderful. When you say thank you, skipping down another paragraph, we're going real fast, you recognize that God is in charge. You know, when you say thank you, God, you know you've upgraded your confidence in the sovereignty of God. And that's a good thing to do in times of struggle. You know you are acknowledging that you're not the center of the universe. Victims make themselves the center of the universe. They're entitled to it. And if you don't understand, they, they check you off of their list because you're not their friend. You just don't understand. But if you're thankful, you let people be who they are. And if they don't quite get along with you, that's okay. It doesn't ruin your day. Third, you are raising the spiritual climate of where you are. You know, it's so easy to fall into complaining about the teacher or the coach or the parent or the friend or the person who broke up. It's so easy, isn't it? Just to, just to fall into the smoggy air of complaining. Is it easy? It is easy. You don't even know you're doing it. Unless somebody's kind enough to you to 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 show you what you're doing, to, to say something that, that, that stops you up short. It's no fun. It's no fun just to learn how to complain and to live that. It's no fun to be with somebody. So you find people that complain with you and agree with you, and then the two of you just, just have a really miserable time together. <laughs> when you don't say thank you, you are making yourself a god. And you are more open to sexual temptation. Yesterday I talked with a pastor who was trying to work through the issue of a moral failure with a fellow pastor. 
as I thought about this, because I'm thinking a lot about gratitude, I thought that where there's ingratitude, there's openness to sexual temptation. And why is that? It's because where there's ingratitude, you're desiring to take rather than give. It's the center of sexual, sexual lust that you want to take rather than give. Gratitude is giving thanks. You're giving. You're go- it's going this way. And so I wondered about this pastor, how he could do that. Because I'll tell you, I thank God for my wife. I'm grateful. And the more I thank God for her, the less anything can creep in to say, oh, wouldn't that be interesting? No, it wouldn't. It would, it would be terrible. It would be horrendous. Why would I need to? I love what your dad says. I don't have any temptation. I got the hottest lady on the block. And he's 89 years old. And she's 88. And he says, I don't need any of that stuff because I am so satisfied, so pleased. And he, is, he and his wife are really thankful. If you've got thanksgiving, it's going to help you win the war of lust. Amen. Okay, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Skipping along. You can develop thankfulness. Listen to this one. By choosing to serve rather than to be served. How does that relate to thanksgiving? I'll tell you that when you choose to serve, you're going low. And when you're going low, you're saying, I don't have rights, only responsibilities. The lower you go, the more you lose your rights and you give them up. And the more you take on a servant outlook like Jesus who came not to be served but to serve and to give his life. So, so when you go low in service, it will upgrade your, your uh, gratitude quotient. You'll be able to thank God because then you realize I'm not entitled to anything. I'm just a servant. And entitlement kills you. Entitlement takes away your willingness to give thanks because you deserve more like the elder brother. I served you, and you never gave me anything. I deserve more than this. The brother doesn't, but I do. That was a flip-flop of reality. Because the brother knew he didn't, he just held his hands out like this, and God just poured it in. His father just poured it on him. And he, he got loads and loads. Somebody once asked me, what quality do you want to see most in your children? And I, what do you think I said? No. <laughs> but that's a good response. <laughs> now, if they'd asked me today, I probably wouldn't say that. I said humility. Because there are certain funda- fundamental qualities that affect other qualities. Humility is one of them. And the reason I said that is I can't think of anything worse than having God, if God against you. And if you... Uh, God is opposed to the proud. My, that would be a terrible thing. But he gives grace to the humble. The thing that we need most is grace. How do you get it? You go low. It's not found in the highlands. It's only found in the lowlands. So humility. Where there's humility, there's gratitude. So if I said the three things that we would need most, that I I would want to see most of my kids, humility, love's got to be there because Jesus boiled it down to one word, love. Love God, love one another. And then I'd put a grateful heart right in there, right in there. Because if people said courage, well, courage comes out of humility. 
When you know it's not about you, you can be courageous because it doesn't make any difference. It's not about you. And, and where you have gratitude, it affects all kinds of things. It affects your generosity. You let go of your money when you're grateful because you, God's just pouring it on. It's not an issue. Is it going to come back to you? Of course it is. It's going to come back. You have a heart that just wants to give it out because you've learned that God's extravagant. Just one more thing. Looking down, and we're going to have testimony. Start, start coming up here. If you've got a testimony tonight, just form a line here, and we're going to have testimony time. The last one here, lessons on Thanksgiving, number six. Thankfulness is a way of sowing the seed for a future harvest. What you give will come back to you. You know, listen, you don't want to sow complaining because you will reap a bitter harvest if you sow (laughs) gratitude you'll reap a harvest and a harvest is not something that happens necessarily the next day you know it sometimes takes a while but i really encourage you to sow gratitude and reap okay we got a line formed here this is cool so we'll uh, i know that there are more of you out there because i've talked to some of you so we'll we'll take uh testimonies we'll we'll make them not real real long Uh, so that you can get your word in and share what God has done. And uh, we're going to start tonight with Cliff. Come on, Cliff. God is good. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to try to squeeze this down. It's like a four-day thing, but I'm going to squeeze it down. Um, The man that this happened to is open for me sharing his testimony. So my birthday was Wednesday. Um, Thank you. When I got home on my birthday, um, uh, I removed all my personal information from my Facebook page to kind of glorify God more. So a lot of people didn't know it was my birthday because um, Facebook didn't tell them. <laughs> but a few people did post on there. Well, one of my friends from my past, from the street life, I, I used to serve a lot of drugs to this guy and stuff. So um, he, that's how he looked up to me. But um, me changing my life, you know, it's been kind of radical for him. I've approached him a few times, but he kind of ran away from me each time. But this last time on Wednesday, um, I come home and and uh, he messaged me right away. Hey, hey, me bro, how you doing? Uh, happy birthday. I was like, good. Are you ready? And he was like, what do you mean? I said, you know what I mean. <laughs> and so uh, he told me that the life wasn't for him. We had a long conversation. And uh, he just thought God was the type of God who was going to rip his face off for the kind of life he lived. I told him that's a lie from the enemy. Hallelujah. Yeah. And then so the sad thing is, is that night, Bryce, uh, I'm not going to say his name, he was going to kill himself that night. And on my day of birth, he was going to take, the Satan was going to take his life. But thank God he reached out to me. So then the next day, he ends up coming over to my house. I am so grateful of this, you guys, like, because amazing things happen after that. He comes over to the house the next day. Uh, Steve Ugin and I got, got the chance to just let the Holy Spirit fall on his brother, man, where he's just speaking in tongues, fire God Whoa. fell on him. He's like, what the heck is going on to me? Okay, so that's not the end. What he was going to do it for is he was facing 10 years in prison for a burglary that he thought he already had got over with. So um, I ended up going to court with him on one issue on Friday, and he got favor where they're basically going to drop the case on that. And so I went to court with him on Monday, and so while I'm at court with him on Monday, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a evangelist. You know, people come to me, I don't really go to them. It's that, it's that hardcore, I'm serious. 
So I'm like, I'm, I'm in this room, and <laughs> you're right. And so I'm in this room, and people are coming left and right, and I'm like, oh, my God, I got to get in this courtroom with Bryce. Um, long story short, by the time I get in the courtroom with Bryce, there was, another, there was a, a, a murderer on the stand at the time, and he was like one of the people who got escorted in from the jail in downtown. And so um, he's facing murder and all this other stuff, and, and I felt the Lord telling me, I'm going to give you him. And I was like, really? Well, how is this going to happen? we got a lot of police in between us with walls. And, you know. But hey, you got me out of prison, so hey. So uh, um, a lot of you guys may not know I had a very wicked past, and God delivered me from it. Hallelujah. So uh, I, I, I end up, after the guy's court hearing was over, they ushered him in the back, and then this woman rose up, and she said amen, and I was like, okay. You know, and then the father was like, that's mine. I was like, I see that, okay. So then she, she like, she started like gravitating towards me. Like she was walking out and she just started coming towards me. And then all of a sudden her daughter like took her away from me. And so I walked out in the hall to go give her. And uh, now this family is like a gang of, of people, like literally a gang. And they like protect Mama Dukes. They don't let anyone come to her. And so I walk out in the hallway and all of a sudden the, the, the wall of men just opened up. And then she just walked over to me. And I give her my information. I was like, can I, can I work with your son when the Lord releases him? And she told me just what the Lord said. You can have him. He is all yours. So not only does Bryce get saved, I go to the courthouse and everybody else starts getting saved. And then I walk into the room and then God just gives me this entire family. I'm so grateful for Jesus. Woo! Man, he hip hops when he talks. Yeah. Uh, so, thank you. This um, about oh, it was about a week and a half ago uh, on Saturday. It was actually before Paul talked last Tuesday. God was uh, stirring some things in my heart. My uh, my parents got divorced when I was in fifth grade, and that uh, has caused a lot of hurt in my life that I never really dealt with. And for some reason, about a week and a half ago, um, God decided it was it was time for me to to work through some of that. Um, so I was in a car with my brother Dan. Uh, I was actually on the phone with my mom, and I was just talking with her. Dan was asking good questions. God was um, outworking me, and so then uh, I have all these things that are that are, that are stirred up, uh, these these realities that I'm facing. I'm trying to cut it short because it's been kind of a, a crazy week and a half. But um, come Tuesday, before Paul speaks on. Um, gratitude. God had been already working in me the last couple of days, and he asked me if I need healing from anything. I was like, yeah, come on. This is this is silly that this is going to happen this way. But um, one of the things that God really showed me was that I uh, it was really difficult for me to receive any good thing from my parents because um, I was I was really bitter towards them. And so they, so I was actually uh, unable to be grateful for any things they had done. Um, and I, I hadn't expressed gratitude, and, and, and there was this this bitterness and um, victimization, like Paul was talking about, where I felt like like even the good things they did um, actually caused me more hurt because it, they they weren't meeting this this the standard that I had had um, for them. And so this uh, Sunday, I got to sit down, well, sit down and talk with my mom on the phone and say, "Hey, mom, like uh, I know that I, I need to forgive you. I'm in a place in the, for the first time in life where I can truly forgive you um, and and feel like." And, and release that from myself and from you. Um, but also, I need forgiveness because I, I, I haven't allowed you to, to be um, yourself. I haven't allowed you to um, love me <laughs> as, as a mother would. And, and I, I, 
got to thank them after after receive, like being able to forgive there was all this, this thankfulness, this gratefulness that, that welled up in me for all the good things they had yeah. given me. And, and so then I got to talk to my dad this morning, too, and that was a, another great time of, of just, like, like uh, there, was there a, a crazy change that, 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 that I saw right away? Um, no. Uh, going forward, I know it's going to be completely different, but just releasing them from this, this weight and this expectation I had on them um, gave them so much freedom and has given me so much freedom just to say, you know what, I... I can be so thankful for the good things that they gave me. I honestly, like everything they had done that was good, it was tainted through this lens um, that, that I kind of had. And not only that, uh, so, so I thanked them, and, and they're just like, oh, my goodness, this is so great. Like, we, we love you. You know, we've, we've felt helpless to, to, to know what to do, um, to, just to be parents to you. And it's just like they feel released to do that. And, and even in myself, though, I've – um, that same expectation is something that, that I've held on myself, just kind of this perfectionist like um, expectation where everything, like even who I've been, um, the, the identity that I have, just wasn't meeting this, this expectation um, that somehow I'd just gotten lodged into the way that I thought about myself. And so even this last week and a half has been a time of being able to be grateful for who the Lord has made me and be thankful for what he's done because it's been, it's been like God's doing good things and all this, but but. I have this kind of mentality where I'm like, well, that's great, but I should be somewhere else. That's that's great, but I'm not. That's not good enough. And so it's this is like the first time in my life where I've been able to be content with where I am. I want I want the great things that God has for me, but this is like the first time where I've been able to say, man, I am I'm happy uh, with where I am today, and that is such a is such a release. And so that's um, just seeing that gratefulness, uh, the thankfulness this week. I'm going to ask you a question now. Uh, if you identified with what Brandon said because of something in your family, uh, their lack of their ability to parent or your own rebellion, it locked your heart to gratitude, and that needs to be released, and you would like that to be released tonight. I want you just to raise your hand, because I know there are probably many here who found their heart locked up and the inability to really express gratitude. Turn around, look around. If there's somebody near you, just put your hand on them, because we want to, uh, we want to believe that, that there is going to be, out of this meeting, a flow, a river, a river of gratitude that goes out. And if you didn't raise your hand uh, and still want the prayer, you get it. Brandon, come here and pray. I want you to pray here. Um, God, I, uh, <laughs> we thank you that, that you um, are above all things and in all things. And so... Uh, for my brothers and sisters here, God, I pray that you would um, bring out that the, the root of bitterness um, that maybe is in some of us, God, that, that, that hope, that expectation, truly, God, that longing that we've had for you as our good father that we have, that we have tried to find fulfillment in our parents. Um, I pray that you would, you would bring that fulfillment in us, but God, that you would bring uh, forgiveness in the hearts of my brothers and sisters, God, that, that have experienced this, this difficulty to be grateful for the things that you have given them um, through their parents, God. Uh, uh, yeah, that you bring, that you bring healing in their hearts and truly that, that this, this stream, God, of, of gratefulness would flow out of them. Um, right now, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would meet them in those places 
um, where there's been hurt, God, where there's been where there's their, their parents have failed to 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 you know to encourage them, God, where their parents have failed to um, to do things that they felt were vital. Maybe they feel unprepared. Um, God, like I have for the life that you're calling them to, God, truly stepping into to adulthood. God, maybe they feel uh, unprepared and resentful um, for the, the failures they're experiencing now because they don't feel like their parents did a good enough job when they were younger. And I pray that you would remove that from them, God, um, that you would remove uh, us from that place of victimization, God, and be able to, to receive the good things that you've given us, um, to take that and be grateful and thankful to you. Um, and to our parents, God, and that, that that in this place right now, you would truly be working in people's hearts where we're going to see families restored um, to wholeness, God. That we're, we're going to see you restore um, fathers to their children and mothers to their children in such a way where they are going to be able to receive great and good things that you've had for them, God. Truly, the, this this false idea that has been keeping parents um, and kids apart from each other and apart from uh, the good things that you have. God, the blessings that you've you've poured out. Um, I thank you for the love of our parents. And I thank you for the love that you have for us and for them um, and how it pleases you so much to see um, parents and their children restored to fullness, God. Thank you, Lord. And thank you so much. Let me say there's no shame if it's been hard for you I wrote a booklet called Healing from a Father Wound, and I'm going to put it up here because some of you have been wounded by parents, and they shouldn't have done that to you. We're not bashing parents tonight, but we are saying that some of them weren't equipped, weren't able for whatever reason to give you what you needed, and so it formed a a wound in your heart. A wound comes when someone we have a right to trust violates that trust either by passivity or overt activity. And I know from some of you, from hearing your stories, that some of you have experienced that, and it shouldn't have happened. We want to see you healed, and uh, we'll work with you, we'll walk with you to bring you into a, a place of healing. So this booklet is about that. Can I raise this a little bit? Hi, um, my name is Linda, and um, didn't really think a whole lot about how I was going to frame this, but um, I was overcome with gratefulness because um, over the last week especially, um, when I was going into and about the middle of my junior year in college, um, I went into um, a very dark time in my life. Um, and <clears throat> I lived under some pretty dark oppression and, um, I was sitting on the floor of my, my living rooms, my, my parents' living room. And, um, I had no concept of who I was anymore. Um, I wanted to die. I probably would have taken my own life if it wasn't for the Lord. Um, and through um through counseling and through um medicine i was i 
found out that it was severe depression and it was a clinical thing. And um, so I'm just, I'm extremely grateful to be alive. And I just want to encourage anyone tonight who is just dealing with that or they just feel like it's just a, just a, a spiritual thing. Like it's so complex. Like we are so complex we're really complex beings that the Lord has made us to be. And um, I just want to encourage you that the Lord sees you. There is hope and he can bring you out of anything. And it, it can be, it can be from one night or it can take a year and his timing is perfect. And for me, it was slower, but that was exactly what I needed. And so I just, I want to bless you, any of you who are dealing with that and, there's just so much freedom and power in Jesus. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so. Put your hand out. But bless Selinda. That's a wonderful testimony. Praise the Lord for what you've done, Father, and, and given her a grateful heart. We bless her. We bless her that you use her like you're using her tonight. Use her. Now, turn the tables on the enemy who would like her to grovel in her shame and her pain. And now she is speaking exhortation to your people to bring healing. We pray that people who are depressed would hear this word and would be encouraged in Christ as she is so encouraged and overjoyed by what you've done. We bless her. We bless her with the increase of the Holy Spirit in her life. And and wonderful days ahead. More of your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. And, Lord, as she has uh, spoken here and uh, given witness to your peace, your peace and security. It's about your peace and security, your deep joy, your love that's being poured out. And because she has received that comfort and encouragement from you, she's been giving it out now as she speaks it forth. Continue, Father, that work in her. In Jesus' name. want to say like you're really funny i'm really funny <laughs> okay. i just i don't want this to be too long but karen like you're funny too like there was this not like being mean but like there was this moment when uh, on a su- no don't be me please don't be mad at me I'm <laughs> okay i thought you were like looking I'm back happy with you okay but you were playing on the piano as usual just oh my just playing that's your voice i'm sorry <laughs> and well, when your your son was here, <laughs> Andrew, like, you were praising us, like, you were, like, we were praising Jesus, you were looking up the lyrics to a song, and you're like, honey, come over here, oh my, I don't know the lyrics to this one song, <laughs> and Andrew was laughing, and I was laughing, too, I felt like, I don't know, so, like, I was laughing, <laughs> and then you're, you're like, okay, Andrew's going to say something, then he comes up with this glasses just like this, and he's like, I'm not sure if you were supposed to sing that song, like seeing that lyric when he was playing the song, but I felt like I, we had to. Like, 
Oh, no. I, I ramble. I'm sorry. Okay, I bet you okay. got a testimony here, don't I you? I do. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to hear a testimony now. Okay. What's, right. your, what's your grateful testimony? Can I read a verse and then go into... You can. Okay. That'll launch it. <laughs> all right. Well, I feel like... St- I'm going to just take this mic. No, we can leave it all right, right here. Okay. All right. Like a singer. Okay. First Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. I'm pretty sure everyone knows this. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always always hopes, and always perseveres. And a little bit of eight. Love never fails. And then James 1, 19, 20 through 22, I can actually remember it. James says, dear brothers, like, be slow to speak, slow to get angry, and be very quick to listen. And that's what I want to share with you guys tonight. And I actually wrote all this down, but it's going to be a little bit too long. (laughs) Hopefully it isn't. You can actually hear the crump. Okay. (laughs) I actually wanted to bring up a couple of things. Um. I have been abandoned from my biological father for 15 years, and I didn't really want to express that too much. Thank you for looking. Mm-hmm. I've been a, I've been abandoned from my biological fa- father for 15 years, and like on my birthday when I was 18, he called, mm-hmm. and like for some reason I really didn't get angry. Like I know like I was supposed to get angry because you know I'm a teenager of rebellion, but I didn't because. God doesn't do that. He stays with his children, and he's a forgiving father. And so I forgave my dad for, like, um, like being, like, abandoning me and, like, hearing two sides of a story. I just, I really didn't care about the story. I just, I really, I thanked him for, like, contacting me when I was 18, you know. I'm almost an adult. Almost an adult, you know, 21. But then, the other one, I gotta stop being funny, I guess. I felt... <laughs> Next one was, I felt pressured from my parents, friends, and family, and everyone else to be more confident about myself and to, like, constantly keep doing everything for myself and be like the world. But he already knows that, but it's through his son that we get the confidence because he gave his life for us, so we do the same. And just, like, it's awesome. And the next one is world... The world triggers our de- my desires to be more self-centered, selfish, and greedy. And the world wants me to keep going back to my old self by being a party dude, party animal, making weird noises. And just being the same, but like totally different. But um, just recently, like being in this job, from an internship to a full-time temporary job to a permanent job, I was actually praising Jesus. And like I'll just I'll lift this up. Okay. It's kind of weird. Okay, like speaking to my chin. <laughs> but um, like I was praising like Dad for like two months straight and not giving up, being relentless, going back to being. I mean, reading First uh, Corinthians thirteen four through seven. Love is patient. Love is kind. This is gonna be a lot. <laughs> but uh, thank you. I will. And uh, like I just kept praising. Jesus, and then he he gave me a job, 
And I knew it wasn't from everyone else saying, oh, that's, you did that. No, it was really from Jesus. He, he gave me a job at $16.03 an hour. It's awesome. I didn't know I could make that much. Crazy. And then, like, I got an apartment, too. Yeah, and we still have it. And it's awesome. And that, I also wanted to say that, like, I, I prayed for my mom first time over the phone. Going back to what you said, Brandon, and you were like, uh, I kind of forgot. I wish I would remember everything you said. Okay. But, like, like I prayed for my mom over the phone. And I said, like, I'm sorry for, like, being mad at you and for being rebellious towards you. And I was like, and I felt so bad that I was doing that to my parents. And then, like, we're just constantly, like, dogs going back and forth. And there's no reason for that. And, like, that I wanted to get out of the way, but I forgave my father, my stepdad, and he finally gave me two messages. I wished I had them in front of me, but one was we were on a camping trip. Okay. <laughs> we were on a camping trip. Man, <laughs> Okay, 30 seconds. My father forgave me for uh, being rude to me and belittling me and insulting me. So he said, I got to be more patient with you. And I'm sorry for that. And another one was that uh, he gave me a message about God. He said, Keep having faith in Jesus because he loves you and I love you too. That's Your dad said that? Yeah, he wow. did. Wow. Steve. We love you. We love the way you are. We love the joy we have with you. We love that you're fun. You're fun to be around. You're a servant. We love a lot. There are so many things that we love about you. And, Father, we thank you that you gave him courage to forgive his parents. We thank you for the, for the goodness that you're showing to him. Keep showing him your goodness, Lord, so he can shine like a bright light wherever you take him. We're proud of you, Steve. I know you have more. <laughs> All right, my level. My name's Tyler, and this is my fourth time at Communitas. And I just have to say right now, I'm thankful for all of you. Um, there's a real sense of community, and I tell this to everyone I meet here. Like The love and the friendship, companionship that I experience here is unlike anything else I've had. So thank you. Um, so starting last Tuesday, when Paul gave the message on gratitude, I was all fired up. I was like, yeah, you know, if I thank five people a day through this week and I grab my calculator and do the math, that's at least like two people that I thank. And, uh, I was, I was looking at quantity and, you know, like if God can get this many thanks, cool, let's see what he can do. So Wednesday, I didn't thank anyone. Uh, Thursday, I made myself go out to a gas station so I could thank the gas attendant for a soda. And I got home. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was trying really hard. Uh, I got home that day and was like, God, what's up with this? Like, I want to try. I want to be thankful because, you know, you're, you want me to. And um, in my quiet time, I felt like he was saying, well, how can you be thankful of what I'm going to do if you're not thankful of what I've done for you already? And that hit me. So uh, instead of 
you know, reliving the story here, I'll just read to you what I wrote in my journal here. Um, so this is immediately after I got word from God. Wow, I've just been rocked. <laughs> I do not deserve this life. I should be dead now. Um, that sounds one of two ways. One, depressing. Or two, powerful. God has revealed more of himself to me, primarily his love, grace, and mercy through forgiveness. An hour ago, I was thinking about my old life um, and writing about the circumstances of that lifestyle. At that time in my life, I was a dirty, sinful wreck. I had other words chosen, but I didn't write nastier ones because I have to learn to forgive myself. Um, I was a mentally and emotionally unstable firecracker. Fast forward two and a half years, and there are no hints of that lifestyle other than tattoos, a couple holes in my ears, and scar tissue. Wow. I'll say that again. Wow. And, and that's written in here. I'm not, you know. So how did this happen? How did a green-haired, crusty beach bum transform into a cleaned-up young man who is on fire and just loving God? From an alcoholic stoner to one who's high comes from the presence of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Clap for him, not me. Um, I can honestly, completely, absolutely say that this transformation was not done by my own power or strength. No, it was the love and mercy of God that that lifted me out of the pits of filth and despair. It was the forgiveness through Jesus Christ that healed my wounds and cleansed my heart. And it was the Holy Spirit opening my eyes and revealing these truths that has brought me to where I am today. Um, As I had wrote before, I should be dead. Too many times in my old lifestyle did I brag about defeating death. Uh, I was delusional enough to even tattoo the words, never die, across my chest. I thought I was invincible. Um... See, the thing is, I was already dead. Physically, I existed, but spiritually, there was no life in me. At that point in my life, it seemed only a matter of time until my body caught up with my spirit. Uh, My family was concerned, friends didn't know what to do about me, and a few people told me they were scared not if I would die, but when and where. Uh, This all started with a few words. Second grade, uh, I started feeling this dark presence and started not liking myself. By the time I got into sixth grade, my anger had really pooled up. By eighth grade, that's the first time that I snapped. Um, I started abusing myself. Minor self-inflicted comforts turned into full-on self-abuse. Cutting, burning, bruising, I hated myself. I hated my family. I hated church. And I didn't know what to say to God. A brief one-year stint being involved in my uh, home church's youth group is the only relationship time I spent with God in high school. Heading to college, I forgot about God again, but I remembered his rules. Uh, Let's see. Eventually, my hate returned, and this time with a whopping case of depression and more suicidal thoughts. These thoughts placed me in the emergency room in my sophomore year of college um, in Duluth. Uh, And I had no clue what was going on. My parents were worried, and I was smiling, thinking that I 
beat death again by my own hands. Many relapses, medications, uh, attempts on my life, and poor decisions later, I ended up as the green-haired guy I mentioned earlier. Um, I'm not saying this to you guys to fill you in about me. Uh, I mean, I'm here, and that's a testament to what God can do. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so that's what he was putting on my mind. What I continued is, God works in mind-boggling ways. He is creative, he's resourceful, and he's beautiful. He may not disclose the why of today or the hows of tomorrow, but when you look at the past and he reveals his truths, he shows you that his love was always there. Um, Yeah, I mean, God deserves the gratitude of all his creation, us especially. Uh, I wrote earlier, I don't deserve this life. But by the grace of God, I'm allowed to live it. I don't deserve this eternal life, but through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, I will live it. Uh, God deserves a lifetime of service, and led by the Holy Spirit, I will live it. Um, And I just have a verse I want to read real quick. During uh, worship today, God was telling me, like, there's a verse you need to read. You know, if you're supposed to read verses in front of crowds. That's what you do at church. Uh, <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'll, uh, I'll open it up and see what you've got. And he landed me on Psalm 30. I exalt you, O Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths and did not let my enemies gloat over me. O Lord, my God, I called to you for help and you healed me. O Lord, you brought me up from the grave. You spared me from going down into the pit. Later on in Psalm 30, verse 11, um, this is where he's really speaking to me like, yeah, you surrendered. I'm holding you to that. You turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy that my heart may sing to you and not be silent. Oh, Lord, my God, I will give thanks forever. And... That's what God's been putting on my heart since the gratitude message last week. So thank you, God. How many think that he's going to give that testimony again a few times? Thank you for sharing. Thank you for coming into our midst, Tyler. You bless us. Hi, I'm Bethany. Um... I don't really know where to start with this story, but I guess last Tuesday, um, I went on spring break last week, and um, I came for Tuesday night, even though I live kind of farish away. Um, I wasn't going to come, but then I did, and I think that if I hadn't come, my whole spring break would have been spiritual mess, and so I'm really grateful for that, um, and it was because of um, the fact that we were talking about Thanksgiving that, um, again, that I was able to make it through spring break. Um, my, I've never really felt secure at home, I guess, um, spiritually. Um, my parents don't get along well, and they get along with me fine, but not with each other. And um, I've always been pretty, I guess, bitter toward them for that and just kind of holding them accountable for what, um, for what they've, the way that they treat each other, even though I don't think that they have the freedom in Christ to, to be able to reconcile that with each other. So um, I was kind of 
beating on myself, saying I'm not doing enough, I'm not, what else can I do, God, let's use me, use me, and I was, like, getting stuck in worry, and it was just this web of worry that was, like, all over me, and um, earlier on Tuesday night, Rania had actually prayed for me and prophesied that um, I would feel that I was drowning on spring break, but that he would, that the Lord would not let me drown, and that he would, the waves would be crashing over me, but I'd not drown, and <laughs> I guess that's what the gratitude started over spring break, that I just, um, I remembered that, and I said, God, I, I just thank you that you're not going to let me drown, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you, and I just kept repeating that, and as um, as I kept repeating that, he just kept reminding me of all the different things that he's done in my life just recently, just to free me from um, the same spiritual bondage that I was in, that my parents are in now. Um, just back in October, I was stuck in legalism, and almost overnight, he he released me from that, and <laughs> it was fantastic. And I, yeah, right. Um, and because of my growth, it's it's easier for me to see where my parents are at, and just I want them to be so free from that, but but it's it's I I can't do it, and. Um, so just being grateful to him, seeing where he's brought me, um, helped me to, to cope with, with being at home and with, with relating to my parents and, um, with forgiving them and just making it through that week. So, It's so common for young adults because of the pain that they feel in going home, to raise their expectation and to withhold gratitude until that's fulfilled, and it's never fulfilled. And so your relationships are at a stalemate. And when you break through that, gratitude builds relationship. And when you uh, give thanks to them for things that they did do, if you find what they did do, your dad, if he, if he paid the mortgage, if you went home and you flipped on the switch and the light went on, he must have paid the, the electric bill. And if you came home and you had some cookies there, there are things that you can thank God for, some really important things. Your mom changed your diapers, probably. And so if, if there, she carried you for nine months. So think of the things for which you can give thanks, and that opens the door to a relationship. So I have my own testimony and all that, but this is actually a testimony of somebody else. Um, I just I thought it was really cool, and I was sitting in my seat thinking, oh, well, it's not my testimony, so I, I, maybe I shouldn't share it. But then um, God said, no, there's a reason for it. So I don't know what the reason for it is yet, but, I mean, I guess we'll see. Um, basically, one of my friends uh, had a really bad uh, knee injury because she used to dance all the time, and it wasn't good dancing and whatever. And, like, then she came to know Jesus and... Like, which is awesome, praise God. Um, but she got a really bad uh, knee injury where, like, her cartilage, like, separated from her knee, and then they had to, like, re-break it to, like, get the cartilage to grow back, and it didn't heal right. And so basically every time that she would go, um, like, snowboarding or do anything strenuous with her, with her legs, um, they would just really start hurting a lot. And so she would go snowboarding, and she'd only be able to go, like, on, on her heel side, and she wouldn't be able to go on her toes or anything like that because it would hurt too, uh, too bad. And um, basically, uh, I went snowboarding with her and a, a bunch of other people with Lift Up at Northwestern um, a couple weeks ago, and her knees were really hurting after, like, an hour, um, so we ended up taking a break for a little bit. Um, and then the next day, um, I ended up talking to her and... Uh, my friend walked in, and I was like, hey, 
um, her name is Alyssa, like, hey, Alyssa, um, can me and my friend Megan pray for you? And she was like, yeah, sure, that'd be awesome. So basically, we both we both prayed for her. And um, by the time we were done praying for her, um, my friend was like, hey, you know, what's something that you couldn't do before? Like, what's something that, like, really hurt or whatever? And she's like, well, I mean, earlier today, I couldn't really walk up the steps very well. It hurt a lot. And um, so she was like, okay, we'll go try those steps, and uh, we'll see what happens. And um, basically, as she was walking to the steps to go, like, walk up, um, and just like test it out. She said her her knee started feeling really light, and she's like, I don't really know, but all right, sweet. <laughs> and um, so then she she got to the steps and walked up and walked down them, and she's like, Yep, no pain. Wow. And um, so that was just totally awesome. Like praise God. And um, so yes, first of all, thank you Jesus so much for that. Um, yeah, and then. That was actually, uh, that was a couple weeks ago, and she's been snowboarding over break, like, because we just had spring break. She went snowboarding, like, probably five or six times or something like that, and, like, still no pain, completely different. Now she can go toe side and all that, like a pro, and, um, yeah, it's just, it's really cool. Um, But another reason why I felt like God wanted me to come and share that of her testimony is that I felt like somebody else had something with their knee, and that, that they, like, that God wanted to heal them. And so I don't know pretty much any of you, but um, if somebody, I mean, if somebody has something with their knee that's really been just bugging them, um, that needs to be healed, I mean, God really loves healing his children. He doesn't want them to just be in pain and hurting because he, he cares for them. Um, so, I mean, is there anybody that needs their knee healed? Well, it could be you. <laughs> Matt's coming over to pray for you. Matt, you go over to pray. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for a good testimony. We're going to wrap this up because we're, we're a little little past time. Uh, did you, were you standing to give one? Can you do, give a short one, like a minute? Okay, come on over. What's your name? George. Hi, George. I'm Paul. Good to meet you. Okay, go for it. Jim. All right, so um, I just think I'm grateful for God's grace because um, recently I went through an experience where uh, God's been using me to do different things and stuff like that, and um, things started getting really heavy on me because I was just trying to, you know, really put a lot of my energy and effort into being diligent in what I'm doing for God. And um, eventually it got really heavy on me, and God was saying, the reason why this thing is heavy on you is because you're trying to carry it. He told me to really place it back on him, and he was saying that I was trying to take on a burden that I was never meant to carry. I was always meant to give that burden to him. And so I say that to anybody that's here, you know, if you feel like everything is overtaking you or the world is really getting to you, really just place everything right back in Jesus' hands because he's the one who is always meant to carry your burdens, you know. And um, he said place everything at his feet. And so when I learned to just kind of let go of what was in me, you know, now I'm starting to see God do more in the areas that I really wanted things to happen. I just see things moving in a, a quicker pace and everything like that. And so I just thank God for his grace because I see that that's the empowerment yeah. of God and not my works. I can't really, anyway, I just, you I'll know. I you could pray that for us. Yes. People here that are, are needing to release things of heavy loads, burdens. Let's turn the lights out back there. Let's turn the lights right here. And I ask George to pray for us to. 
just to release. Sometimes it helps just to just to visualize that. You're carrying a load. Put your hands out if you want to. Feel the load. Feel the weight. And let's believe that as George prays, that there, there truly will be a release in our spirit. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come to you, God, we just thank you, God. We thank you, God, that you fill all in all, God. We thank you that you're our Alpha and Omega. We thank you that you're the beginning and the end, God. But we thank you the most, God, for your grace and your power, God, and your love, God, and your peace and your mercy, God. We thank you because on the cross, God, you told us it was finished, God. And, Lord, so we know, God, that we can't carry anything that you already haven't already carried for us, God. And so we thank you for being our provider. We thank you for being our Lord. We thank you for being our Savior, God. We thank you, God, that in your Bible you say, God, the blessing of the the Lord is make it rich and added no sorrow God and so we thank you God for the riches of your love God the riches of your peace God the riches of you carrying our burdens God those that we're not able to handle God the things that we are not able to take God we thank you that you took them for us God and Lord we just thank you God for being God of all we thank you God for being our savior our Lord our king Lord our provider and we just thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus Lord and today God anyone that's carrying something God Lord allow them to release it to you God allow them to give it to you God, in the name of Jesus, yes, Lord, we ask them that they give it to you, God, anything that's in their mind, God, that's bogging them down, God, any kind of weight, God, you say, put aside every weight that so easily besets us, Lord, and so today, God, we ask that anyone that's in here, God, carrying something, God, that they're not meant to carry, God, something that they should give to you, God, we ask that you just give them the grace, God, to give it to you, God, and we know that you're going to deliver and work things out, in Jesus' name, we pray, God, thank you, amen. Wow, we've had wonderful testimonies. Just a word, after the Holy Spirit meeting, I'd like to talk with those who are interested in the Harvest Project. We're thinking about moving it from a morning to an evening. We'd like to talk to you regardless whether that shift would enable you better to attend. We're really happy. We've got growing interest in coming to a discipleship training school. So right after the Holy Spirit meeting, we'll have just a little time to talk about that. So, as Dan said, now we turn this into a prayer meeting. And what we want to do is is pray specifically regarding gratitude, unless there's something heavy in your heart that you want to share. But we want you just to turn. If uh, Could you come, uh, prayer people, if you come and uh, be up in front? And if we could have just a little bit of music for a few minutes, either live or, or recorded, Eric. <laughs> That'd be great. And so what we'll do now is just turn to people who are close to us. And we'll pray together. We'll believe God to keep touching us and change relationships. Give us grateful hearts. So go ahead. Go ahead. Start turning right now. Turn toward the person near you and and pray or come forward and receive prayer up front.